right, welcome to another episode of the People Sports Podcast. I'm Charlotte Wilder. Mark Titus is fishing this week. He's just spending the whole week on a boat in a lake. No, I don't know. I actually don't. He's on vacation. I'm pretty sure he's fishing. Um, and you guys get to hear me intro this podcast twice because we have an amazing guest, Rachel Bonetta. Um, and we're going to get to her in a second. And but first, I'm going to read you some emails because I have begged you all to send emails to the People Sports Podcast at gmail.com. And you have been kind enough to indulge me. I love reading your notes. I wish that I could read all of them and respond to all of them, read all of them on the podcast, I mean, and then write back to every single one of you. But I do have a job that unfortunately takes up a significant amount of time. And like by the time I'm done doing my job, I can't really like talk that well anymore because my job requires a lot of talking. So I don't want to send you all back really dumb emails. So instead, I'm going to read a few of them, respond to a few of them here. And um, please keep sending them because it, it absolutely slayed me that you all signed them ever hopeful. Um, you know, it's very it's very moving to hear that you guys actually listen to this. Sometimes I forget when I'm just talking to my computer that people can hear what I say, um, which I guess is the whole point. But I'm very grateful that you stick around and that you reach out. So let's start with Martha Glenn. Uh, you wrote to the People Sports Podcast at gmail.com and the subject is nicknames. Um, and, and Martha writes, one, what is your weirdest nickname? Two, do you tend to gravitate towards nicknames or actual given names with people you know, especially if they have a longer name? If you want to bring up the number, if you want to bring the number up to 26, you can try, but I can't guarantee you won't be picking one. I already have. This woman has apparently a million nicknames. Um, and she says, I won't sign this ever hopeful, but I'm tempted. Thank you, Martha Glenn. First of all, Martha, always sign it ever hopeful. If we're not ever hopeful these days, when are we ever going to be hopeful is what I have to say about that. So my weirdest nickname is actually one that my mom calls me. Um, I don't think I've ever, I've never said this publicly because like, why would I? But when I was little, my parents called me Bunny, um, and that turned into Thunder Bunny somehow. Uh, I don't know. We're a very imaginative family. And one day my mom came into my room. I must have been like eight or nine, and she just blows the door open, and she goes, Bunder, because she was trying to say Thunder and Bunny, and it came out Bunder. So that's that's probably my weirdest nickname. Um in terms of talking to people, I know I, I give them nicknames constantly. Like I feel like if you're if we're close, I'm going to call you something that's not your name. And now that I'm saying that, I wonder how people feel about that. Um, so if you're my actual friends or family listening to this, let me know if that's annoying or not. Uh, Lauren Della Pauli, subject line, the best podcast. First of all, thank you, Lauren. Also, you're right. This is the best podcast. Uh, she writes, she wrote some stuff and then she says, anyway, you always say you want emails and I have nothing else to do since I work in college athletics, SIDs, very underappreciated IML. So I figured I'd drop you a line and hopefully brighten your day a bit since you always brighten mine with the videos and podcasts. And then she, the reason I'm reading this is because she sent a picture of her dog Packer and that dog is absolutely adorable. So I want to thank you, Lauren, for the very kind words um, and also for the picture of your adorable dog and encourage any listeners to send pictures of your animals, <laughs> which now, oh man, it is weird when I do this by myself, huh? What comes out of my mouth? All right. Uh, the next one, Eleanor Rand. And Eleanor takes the MVP of the emails this week because she wrote, she wrote two emails. So I'm, I'm going to start with the first one. Hi, Charlotte and Mark, but mostly Charlotte. 
which I also really appreciate because Mark doesn't read these, but I love them. Um, did you ever wonder what the opposite of a butt fumble is? Well, I don't think we have to wonder anymore. I wanted to make sure you saw this and to follow up on this week's episodes of Sports Blunders. Have you ever had a moment that felt like it was going all wrong, but ended up going better than you ever expected, as in the butt interception? And then she said some very nice things about our show, which I super appreciate. And then uh, a few hours later, we get another email or a few minutes later. I forgot to put the timestamp of the first one, so I don't know. But she sent another one very soon after that said, Charlotte, I literally cannot believe I'm emailing you twice in a row, an hour apart, basically mirroring your story with Boston Magazine. But ESPN took down the Instagram post I sent with the link in my last email. The whole email won't make sense unless you can see the butt interception video. Maybe the tweet will last longer than the Insta post. Ever hopefully you won't judge me for this, Ellie. Listen, Ellie, girl, I... That, first of all, the butt interception, you are speaking my language. I love that more than anything I've seen recently in NFL football. Um, secondly, you can't never apologize for sending two emails in a row. First of all, I love them. Second of all, not only did I write three emails when applying for a job, I'm about to introduce the podcast again when we get to the interview with Rachel because I didn't realize we were going to put these I mean, it was my idea, actually, to put the emails up front. So I'm just like pranking myself. So I, I appreciate everything you're doing. Uh, this one is from Bryn Haskett. Haskett? Haskett? Uh, the subject is things I'm not good at, which, I mean, that's an incredible email subject. Like, send me that anytime you want. I love it. Um, he or she, I actually am not totally sure. Is Bryn a, a whatever? Anyway, Bryn, shout out Bryn. Uh I'm 29, so this list is definitely going to grow, but here are a few things I can't do anymore. One, new forms of social media. Get the F out of my face, TikTok. Two, watch movies without falling asleep. Three, taking shots. I will pour a shot on the floor if someone buys one for me. Clearly, I've also just turned into an asshole. And I'm totally with Charlotte on the not being able to put up with people I don't like anymore, LOL. I accidentally sent a blank email before this one, so add emailing to the list. <laughs> Love your friend from Montana, Bryn. Listen. I, it, it makes me feel so less alone that I know there are people who struggle with emails as much as I do. Also, yeah, I can't take shots because I'm ancient. And also, you know, if you can, if you can figure out TikTok over the age of 30, I have so much respect for you because that's one thing. I think I made one once and it was like a montage of me in the 76ers bathroom at their practice facility because they gave out toothbrushes individually wrapped in plastic, which I thought was incredible and funny for some reason. So I think that's the only video on my TikTok. Um, the last email I'm going to read is from Eric Benz. The subject is sending Charlotte an email. Charlotte. At first, I was just going to send this without a question since apparently receiving emails brings you so much joy. It does. Thank you, Eric. But I actually thought of something. Will Aunt Char ever be a guest on the People Sports Podcast? I miss her most value. I miss her valuable sports adjacent insight from the MVP days, which is a podcast I used to have. Uh, hope you enjoyed receiving this email as I did sending it, Eric. Eric, thank you so much. Um, so, for those of you who don't know who Aunt Shar is, she is my a little bit off her rocker alter ego. She's a fifty-five-year-old, let's say, thrice divorced woman in Connecticut who just drinks a ton of Chardonnay and like. Her accent is somewhere between Boston and New York and the South. Like, I don't know what I do when, I mean, I don't know what she does because this is her. Um, the problem is that 
um, Aunt Cher and Charlotte have sort of merged to become the same person. Like, I don't know where that line is anymore. Like, I'm just becoming a, you know, off my rocker aunt or aunt. I never really know which to say. I say aunt, but some people say aunt. And um, I drink a lot of wine and I like hang out with my niece and nephew. And so it's it's a little disturbing. I think uh, the pandemic and quarantine has sort of sped up that process. But uh, she'll make an appearance. She'll make, I was going to I was going to see if she could hang around today, but um, she was busy. She had to she had to go pick up wine from her wine guy, something about like his car breaking down. And yeah, it, it didn't make sense. But yeah, she'll uh, she'll be around. So those are some of the emails. I, again, I'm so grateful. Please send me more. Um, and any questions you have? I love questions. Let's just answer some questions. Um, and now we are going to get into the interview with the wonderful Rachel Bonetta. So here I am about to announce the podcast again. Welcome to another episode of the People's Sports Podcast. This week, Mark Titus is out. RIP Mark. I think he's fishing somewhere. And I am joined by one of my favorite people in this business and in this world, Rachel Bonetta. You are the host of Fox Bet Live on FS1. You are the host of Hall of Shame podcast on Crooked Media. You do laugh lines with our good pal, Cousin Sal. You do it all. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so happy to be here. I love that Titus could have literally just put up a gone fishing sign. Does he fish? <laughs> Is that like a real Yeah. Thing? Yeah. He's gotten like all California. He's very into like water sports right now. He's learning how to sail. He's going fishing. Wow. I don't know. I was like, a vacation in October sounds amazing. And then I'm like, oh, but he does college college basketball stuff so like that is the only time you can really that is legit the only time wow that's good good for him he's a real like country man i know i know i was joking that i was gonna call him and then i was like you don't want to you don't this is your job like you don't want to do this when you're fishing. does he does he eat the fish or does he throw is it like a catch and release situation oh that's a great question i don't know rach we we gotta ask him about that i'll uh i'll report back that's that's an important question have you ever caught a fish fish before I used I had like a I grew up in the middle of nowhere yes explains a lot um (laughs) and we had this pond and like we had like a creek running through and I remember one time my dad took me fishing like maybe my first time and I had like a little do you remember like the little barbie fishing rod oh do I ever so bullshit but oh (laughs) are you allowed to swear on this podcast yeah you can swear oh okay great we're good to go Yeah, Um, yeah we're great So I had this like little pink and purple fishing rod and it was the first time I was ever using it. And I I swear to you, I have no witnesses to confirm that this happened, but I put it down into the water and there must have been a fish just right there because I put it down and instantly it started pulling and I just like... Like screamed bloody murder no way. of the forest. And my dad came on running and, and I had like pulled it up out of the water, was just like holding a fish. And I had literally put it in the, a second before. And I didn't need to fish ever again in my life because I was just like, I was Have like, you ever? Have you? No. <laughs> See, that's perfect. No, because now you're you're batting a thousand. Exactly. Like, if you stop if you started fishing again, it would only get worse. Oh, absolutely. Like I probably broke a record. I have no <laughs> proof at all, but I'm never going to get better than that. So well, I not only, not only was it your first time fishing, 
I don't know that anyone's ever caught an actual fish with a Barbie fishing rod. <laughs> That's a really good point. And I was so excited about it. And I'd never eaten fish before. And I was just like, dad, can we, can we make the, can we cook this? And it was literally, I mean, you can't see this because it's a podcast, but it was a teeny tiny, it was like practically a minnow. And he was just like, uh, no, like you can't eat these. And I was just like, but dad, like I caught it. <laughs> And he was just like, fine. So he brought it up to the house. He like cooked it with butter. I remember like the smell being like, um, I'm not eating this. This is sweet. <laughs> and he had to eat this nasty little fish. Just oh my God, you made, you made your daddy. I made my daddy eat it. I was just like, I want nothing. To, this smells gross. This was not what I was expecting. That is incredible. Well, I admire your, uh, you were committed to the bit from the get-go. <laughs> you have, you've always been committed, been committed to the bit. I love it. Um, well, listen, so normally what we do on the podcast is we have one thing that always jumps out and becomes very clear of what we have to talk about. Um, and to me, and to our producer, Kat, we were like, you know what? It's definitely the fact that Atlanta just keeps blowing it. And Ugh. from there, we were like, we got to talk about tortured fan bases. And I was like, having Rachel on this week <laughs> would be perfect because you, my friend, are a Browns fan. Um, I'm a part of it. You are in it. Um, but before we get to that, I want to read a few headlines. I like to sort of see what's going on in the world before we get into it. Um yeah. And, and this is one that for some reason cracked me up. It's from Minnesota's local CBS affiliate. And the headline is just Vikings coach Mike Zimmer left to ponder where to turn in one and five season. Left? To, did he go fishing? <laughs> exactly. Like, don't you see him standing at like Leo in, the, in that movie where he's attacked by the bear or whatever, just like standing in the woods being like, doth where do I go from here? <laughs> or did you see those pictures of Tua sitting out on the field? Which was a beautiful moment. I loved those pictures. It made me emotional. But now Same. I'm picturing Mike just sitting out there being like, where do we go from here? <laughs> I think there's a difference between like a, a rookie that everybody wants to succeed in full uniform sitting on the 50 and like yeah. Mike Zimmer in his windbreaker yeah. sitting at like that would be. <laughs> they both make me cry, but for completely different reasons. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So I feel like there's, there's you know, we, that sort of goes with our theme this week. Um, also, here's another one that has nothing to do with sports, but I thought that you would get a kick out of Um Italy governor eyeing COVID, sur COVID surge blasts, quote, idiotic Halloween. What? I know, right? Oh, I'm actually really bummed out. I don't know about you. Halloween is my favorite time of the year. Mm -hmm. My family loves it. Like, we always did our house up. I'm currently in the midst of rewatching all of the screams. No I started way. Scream 3 late last night. I'm obsessed with it. And the fact that we can't do anything. Here's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I feel like there are, I, I don't know what it's like in New York or wherever you are, mm -hmm. but we're not supposed to have trick-or-treating here. Right. But I think what I might do, because I'm a psycho, oh is make individual little bags of candy <laughs> and just draw and just put it on people's doorsteps. Like, I don't care if you're an 87 year old woman, you get in my candy and it's going to be Halloween time. Wait, I love this. This is very sweet of you, because also, like, I don't know. I feel like we're less worried about the virus living on surfaces these days. Right. Like it'll die in the sun or whatever. I mean, the candy also could melt in the sun, but, you the know, candy could melt 
with the sun, you're right. But like, who doesn't love a melted uh, Reese's cup? I'll take it. Your girl. Ta- I think this is a really sweet plan. You know, I was going to ask you, I was going to say, I have a feeling that you love Halloween. Um, I love it so much. I love dressing up. Um, I'm going to be, Oh wait, should I say my costume? I yes. think I'm going <gasps> to say my costume because people then will tune in. So yes. we have a show on the Friday and I'm going to be Andy Reed. Like with the mask cover and everything. Oh my God, are you going to fog up the face shield? (laughs) I'm so excited about it. I love love dressing up so much. And I'm just, you know, it's just so crazy. And I know that people keep on saying that this is a crazy year. But like, who would have thunk in March? I know. That we would be still in this in October and I know it's ruining Halloween. We were like, oh my God, July 4th, we are going to be hitting up the beach. Like things are going to be back to normal. It's I remember, I, you know, it's funny you say it because I was thinking about that. My birthday is March 25th. So it was like the second week of lockdown. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was, I was a little bit of a diva about it. I was like, I can't believe so. that just like two weeks ago, I was trying to decide what bar to tell my friends to go to. And now I, like we used a Hanukkah candle as my birthday candle. Mm-hmm. And it was a lovely day. Like I had a great, I had a great day, but now I'm like, oh, you were just being a little bitch about this like, now, now we can't even have halloween so the first week like before we had lockdown lockdown in la but it was mm-hmm. scary like i think the rudy gobert situation had happened i think everyone was yeah. pretty freaked out at that point that weekend before any measures were taken one of my friends had his birthday party still downtown la and they were doing like a bar hop and i was just like I, I, i'm sorry i like you but no i don't like you that much there's no <laughs> chance and i was just like in my home like covered with a blanket like i'm never going outside again it was really oh, yeah really scary it was really scary. I, uh, yeah, I had friends who had like, someone got married that weekend and I was and they were, like hugging their grandparents. And I was like, Ooh, not sure. That's how I'd want to kick off my yeah. lifetime of happiness by killing grandma. But anyway, I didn't, you know, I, I don't know about, okay. Last, last thing that we'll say about, uh, COVID. Yes. I don't know about you, but now when I'm watching movies, which I'm doing a lot of, cause I'm just home all the time. Right. Um, whenever I see people embrace or are talking, I'm like, mm-hmm. they're not wearing masks. It's, it's like in my, in my depth. Now I have this thing that's like, I'm just already so used to seeing people, not um you know getting close to each other or touching or hugging and and obviously wearing masks and when i see other people not doing that i'm like panic like you guys have to go get tested now and it's like scream two from (laughs) the 90s (laughs) oh my god no girl i had the same thing i was watching a great british bake-off last night obviously you know after football um and um (laughs) after football viewing yeah like i totally watched all of both games i wasn't watching great british bake-off during both of the games um and you know they have this little bubble they've built for their for you know it's like the nba bubble but it's gb oh girl i watch i'm a fan i know yeah yeah so and they were hugging each other and i was just like i i was like oh my i started cringing i was like what are you doing you can't and then i was like okay i guess it's okay but no i totally feel you um but do you know what else is very cringeworthy (laughs) rachel bonetta is atlanta sports (laughs) um we have to get into this we have to talk about um so there are a few things that happened this week first of all the falcons just in general existing um they go they start own four wait 
Oh, and five. They go on oh, five. Fire Dan Quinn and their GM, Thomas Dimitrov. And then they win in week six. Do you feel like, I mean, it's a kind of thing where not only are they no longer tanking, they weren't tanking on purpose, but at this point, it's sort of like maybe it just should have gone with it and gone really. Yeah, tank for Trevor. I mean, Matty Ice isn't going to be around forever. I mean, can mm-hmm. you? What are your Falcons thoughts? I I need to know what you're what you're thinking on this. My Falcons thoughts. My thoughts overall. When you fire a coach, I love when the team wins that next game, and in the fashion that they did, it's like it's got to be the greatest feeling. I don't care about Falcons. Like I'm not a fan of that team. I like making fun of them a lot, uh, <laughs> and I'm a little disappointed if they like take a left turn and are all of a sudden good. Um, I think every single weekend and people are probably like rolling their eyes like okay we get the joke you send it every week but I just like really enjoy going to the gift section and like picking out some kind of like sad um somebody like waiting and then I always (laughs) say like you know Falcons fans like waiting for it to fall off and I do this every Sunday and you know Sarah Tiana she's like Mm -hmm. a huge Atlanta fan like every single week she's just like hates hate likes it it's like I hate this she texted you on the side about this has she been like you need you need to (laughs) no 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 I'm just assuming that that's what her feelings are because they're mine I know I've gone overboard but I don't really want to stop that but I do I really do appreciate it like, I'm sorry, but I, I love it kind of reminds me of like a Patriot situation, like Tom Brady mm-hmm. leaving. And then when he starts to win, like as soon as you get rid of the bad yeah. and the team can start yeah. figuring it out, you want to root for them. Right. That's mm-hmm. I Listen, I all I wanted this season was I feel like the Falcon and I, I said this in the recap I did this week, but I, I really do feel like the Falcons are, you know, someone who breaks up with a significant other who is clearly not good for them. And all of their friends and family have been like, you got to cut this guy loose. Like Dan is not it. And then they finally do. And then post like all these hot pictures on Instagram. And they're like, see, he was the one holding me back. Like blah, blah, blah. (laughs) All I wanted was for the Patriots to, you know, go through this divorce after 20 years and then be like, we are better than ever and that is not happening <laughs> i will say not to sidebar this no i can't the whole show is about tangents it's all it's about right. sidebars okay oh, yeah. i yeah. can i don't i it doesn't matter if i do not know you it doesn't matter if you're a celebrity i can tell the moment you are single i can yes. tell the second that you have broken up with your significant other or that you have been broken up with purely based on your instagram and your social media. Like as soon as I see a hot pick, I'm like, ooh, they're either having trouble <laughs> or they've broken up. Or one of them is really bored. That's always- or one of them is like, really bored. That's a good point. And they want to you have know, some attention. They're like, right, right, exactly. No, it's so funny. I feel like I'm very good at that too. I'll see all it takes is like one Instagram story and I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. exactly what's going on. I your used head. to do that. I totally of used course. to do that when I was like in and out of relationships. I'd be like all over Instagram. Nowadays, oh, yeah. <laughs> my boyfriend said to me the other day, he's like, you're really good at looking extremely ugly in, in the way that like, I, like I'm going to be Andy Reid for Halloween. Like I love <laughs> posting that kind of stuff. Right. So like, if you guys ever see me in like a bikini or like some, like something's up, like check in on your girl. <laughs> okay. 
I mean, I, I I totally feel that my Instagram has turned into like my stupid outtakes from digital videos. And I, those are, and then, I like, mean, if you have to post a, a hot pick, girl, go for it. I am not against. Well, I mean, it that's all. not. You know, I'm not I'm not really there in my life right now. And I and I just feel like maybe, you know, maybe that's what the people want. Maybe that's why I've stopped getting followers. You know, maybe we that's got why it. I delete, like, to be honest, sorry, yeah. another major sidebar. That's why I deleted Instagram off my phone. It's so smart. Because I was posting all of this stuff that I thought was like hilarious <laughs> and things that I was enjoying. And I would literally see like the followers tick off. And like, I don't care about that kind of stuff, but you can't help but notice when you're on your Instagram, right. like you're starting to lose people. And then I'll like post something where I like have makeup on and I look pretty and it's like, pfft, like oh, crazy man. likes. And I'm like, this is disgusting. And even if I'm not aware of it, it behind in my brain, like things are clicking like it, yeah. I do start feeling like shit and it's just a toxic <laughs> place maybe I'll go back but not right now well, I, need no, it. I mean it's it's true like we need it for work on some level so it becomes this weird thing of like what is yeah. what's for me and what's for work and and blah 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 but um I mean I think that you could do a really funny Falcons parody Instagram now that I think of it there's, you know, there's like, been plenty of times where like I feel like I would be I would excel at TikTok like I feel like I would be very talented but I how refuse, have you not gotten into that I refuse to download it I don't know I just feel like it's a waste of time so anyways I'll write like my my notes folder on my phone is just filled with like dumb sketches that I can film for Instagram or like dumb I love ideas. that and do just, it. You know what? People want that. I want that. Do it for me. If not, well, that's for what I was going to say is like, I love your stuff on Instagram. That stuff like makes me laugh. And I, don't know, I think it's more like, I think people like the authenticity of it. It's like, maybe, maybe like normal people, you know, they're, they're posting hot pics and it's like, how, how much of a clown show can we create here? Yeah, that just feels like the vibe. But so Atlanta, not not only did the Falcons get really hot all of a sudden, and it's not going to work. Like this isn't going to last. You know, yeah. we all know that. We see that coming. Um, but then the Braves blew a three-one lead to the Dodgers, yeah. and you know, it's it's not only not only does Atlanta lose, but they find ways to do it in just the most heartbreaking way. Like in, in a little bit, we're going to get into some of the most tortured fan bases, and I, I'm not even I didn't even put Atlanta on there because like we're going to talk about them now, they need and a break. it they need a break. Like I don't I I admire Atlanta fans. But I also just like really low level ache for them. I mean, not only that, you have the Georgia loss to Alabama when they were leading 24 to 20 in the first half, lost 41 to 24. I was actually at an Alabama bar in New York City. Oh, wow. I mean, a, um, an Atlanta bar, a Georgia bar. There it is. Mm-hmm. She got there. <laughs> um on watching the national championship to be like, you know, this is, I was going to do a story like this is what it's like when Atlanta finally wins or oh, cool. if it, it was the, it was the saddest. I've never heard a bar so quiet in my entire life. Uh, like they just weren't talking after that loss. <laughs> no one spoke. I, I will, I will say the thing about Atlanta fans across the board mm-hmm. is I think I think that they know. I think that they get it. Like, there is, obviously being a tortured fan is absolute, it's absolute garbage, and I actually don't know if I can spin this into a positive. I have 
really excited to see how you what do I that. love about them is they can make fun of themselves. Like last night when the game was at 28 to three, I saw on Twitter that the Falcons said like, guys, we know we've seen it. Like that's <laughs> funny to me that you can laugh at yourself. I don't know if the Braves are in a place to laugh at themselves yet. Like maybe they can kind of collectively come together in a little while and be like, oh my God, we always blow it. Look at us. Um, but it also sets up for like a major underdog mentality. Like, look, we're already, we're already writing off the Falcons. Like they just had a big win and we're already like, it's never going to happen. It's It's over. Yeah. Truly. I mean, I think that they have endless bulletin board material, but also then, yeah, you know, I think that's true. I, I do think, I think it's fair to say that there is no fan base better at laughing at themselves than Atlanta. And I want to get into that when we talk about the Browns, because we're going to talk about the Browns. But um, <laughs> I feel like, you know, I, I think the worst fan base at laughing at themselves, and I can say this because I am one, is, is New England fans. I think that I think that there is a level of defensiveness. And I don't know whether that comes from, like, having something good and being afraid of losing it. Like, maybe you really have to be at rock bottom to be able to be like, yeah, well, you know, we did it again. And But, you know, Boston used to be that. And then all of a sudden you have a good two decades and it's like, oh my God, people get so angry. Like I'm a Boston fan and people get mad at me when I try to make fun of us. Yeah. I feel like you guys, people love to crap on the Patriots. Like I love to hate them. It's just fun for me. You're good at it. Thank you. Um, And I will say that you guys have gotten really good. Like Pete, my boyfriend is a Patriot, a massive Patriots fan. And you guys, your fan base has gotten really good at just deflecting and being like, because you have always been better. You've always been Mm -hmm. the best. So like nothing can really hurt you. So you've always been cocky. You've always been confident. But now you don't have that to back it up and you're still cocky and confident and it's, yes. just, and it, it's just not working. So you get angry. And I think that that's what, <laughs> that's what's out. You don't have that to back you up anymore. So it's just like, I don't know. I'm get mad. And it's fun to watch. That is. So I, we have to, we have to clip this out. We have to clip this out, put it on the <laughs> internet. That is, I feel so seen. I'm like, why do I pay a therapist? Like I could just zoom with you. <laughs> every every week and there we go no i mean i think that's i think that's totally right um and oh god i i just got rattled i had i had something i was gonna say and now i'm like you just i you saw my truth i mean it's i think oh what i was gonna say is it's not that cute like it's not cute anymore no it's not a great look yeah i i just think i think so many people are relishing in this moment because it's just like it's like, uh, what could you compare it to? Like a bully of sorts. That's <laughs> like, um, <laughs> this is going to sound awful, but what if like, you know, you had this like bully at high school and then all of a sudden he was like in detention every afternoon, but like you could see him from the playground and you were like, Ooh, and like he couldn't do anything to you because he's stuck in detention. But then you're always a little, you're always a little nervous because like he's going to get out of detention eventually. Mm-hmm. And he's, he still has Bill Belichick as a dad. Mm-hmm. So eventually. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to come find you in the playground. We're going to give you a <laughs> swirly in the gym bathroom. So, you know. Which is always, but, but the thing is, is like, I'm going to get my kicks in now because I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it later down the line. God, that's so exactly true about what's, did you ever have detention? Oh, girl, I was suspended from yeah. high school. Same. I was a little brat. 
Wow, look at yeah. us. I had a feeling. I was going to say, um, <laughs> I, I, I like hit the limit of detentions you could get because I was late to school so much. Um, oh, really? And that's how you got suspended? Yeah, and I actually, I would have to look. Well, no, I got suspended for something. That was a whole, that was a, another thing. Um, but I like, I remember sitting in the, in detention, like looking outside at my, the, you know, sports practice that I was supposed oh. to be at, being like, I feel like we have made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Something I went mean, wrong here. I think the only reason I ever got detention was maybe for being late for class or like for skipping classes. The crappy thing is, is that my mom was a school secretary and she was the school secretary at my high school for like 20 oh years. So all the faculty, all of the teachers, the secretary now, my principal, everyone knew who I was and everyone knew who my mom was. Mm -hmm. And, and you have a lot of older brothers, right? I have so three like, older brothers. So one, like there straight was... up, one straight up didn't even go to my high school because my mom was the secretary at the time. He's like, I'm not dealing with that. I'm going to a different high school. Like left all of his friends because my mom was a secretary. That's amazing. So oh my I, God. I respect yeah. that. Yeah. I always had somebody like watching me in high school. Mm. Eyes. Yeah. You can't, no one can see what I'm doing, but I yeah, just we're doing the eye thing. I forget that sometimes. Um, all right. So here's what, here's what we're going to do today. I picked five fan bases that I think represent the different kinds of fan base suffering. And I want your take on it. Um, I think, I mean, we, ha we just, we have to start with the Browns, you know, we've <laughs> roasted my team. We got to roast your team now because yeah. I want to know, I truly want to know. So something that's fascinating to me about, <laughs> about you is that you, you chose this life. I did. I straight you up chose it. When, what year did you decide to become a Browns fan? Okay. So <clears throat> a little bit about me, my yes. background in, in, sports and like my career is I really only covered soccer and I was a massive basketball fan like since I was a kid and mm -hmm. I grew up in Canada and we didn't watch a ton of NFL hockey <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> you see you see where I'm going you see my brain told you where I was going before I got there we didn't watch oh, a lot of oh. NFL because we were watching so much hockey all the time right. and NFL just it, NFL wasn't a huge thing in our family. And I don't even think it's that big in Canada. Like we have our own Canadian football league, the CFL, which isn't very good. Um, and so I just, I never got into that world. I didn't have like the American upbringing, like everyone mm -hmm. I know did. Uh, so I got this job, Fox Bet Live. It was locking in at the time. And uh, my boss pulled me aside before I got the job. And he was just like, do you know anything about sports gambling? And do you like football? And I was just like, um, no, and <laughs> no, <laughs> not that I didn't like it. I just had never really gotten into it. And he's right. just like, okay, I'm going to need you to know a lot about both in about <laughs> two weeks. And I was just like, okay. And so I literally fled to Mexico. I went away. I took a vacation to Mexico I was given a sports gambling um, Bible mm -hmm. and uh, I went to Mexico with my football crazy boyfriend and we just studied all weekend like margarita in hand. And I just like didn't stop reading stuff and writing stuff down and just like crammed, crammed, crammed. Um, and then uh, week one, I was kind of able to like, you know, talk out of my butt. But week one was um, hard knocks. 
had just started and Browns, the Browns hard knocks. were on hard knocks. Oh my God. And so right. I started watching this just cause like we were talking about it on the show and I was just like, Oh, like who is this ragtag team? Who is this Baker Mayfield? Like he's mm-hmm. fun. Um, and I just like, I really got into it. Terod Taylor yep. was the starting quarterback at the time. Um, and it, it, my love further deepened. I liked them. And then my love further deepened when Terod went out and Baker went in and won the first game that they had won in yeah. like over a year. And like the beer fridges were unlocked. And I was just like, what's yeah. not to love? <laughs> and I didn't do my research um, in that capacity. And uh, I just... Yeah, to be honest, I've had a ton of fun cheering for this team. Like, yes, they have been garbage, and I've had to, like, defend myself so many times in this way. Um, But it's, like, the ultimate – they are the underdog. Like, they are the underdog. And um, they have – they keep on showing these, like, glimpses of goodness, and it's so fun. Like, watching them play the Cowboys the other day, I was just like, I – and a full like this i've loved football for the past three years but now i am at this tier that like i yes. love football like it was <laughs> so much fun you know it's so funny you say that because i i understand first of all i think something that's very cool and you know part of the reason i always love talking with you and it's so great just having you as a friend in this business is because we have very similar backgrounds like i did not grow up um you know i was a pats fan because everybody in new england is a pats fan and i was a red sox fan because i love the red sox but like when i got into sports i it was i truly did the same thing like i had to i didn't know who kevin durant was when i started in this business Mm -hmm. and it felt like it was like getting a master's degree like you talk about studying and people are probably like what like you know but like that is literally what you have to do and it's a fun thing to study so it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like this sort of onerous work task but you have to remember a lot of shit to do oh dude there's time well i mean there's time you sent me the bible you sent me the gambling bible oh yeah 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 well sports gambling i feel like once you get it you get it but like right with with sports and like what you and i do you have to know the ins and outs of like everything that's happening and like Mm -hmm. even on a sunday you know you can watch red zone and you can be enjoying all these games as they happen but that's a lot of games to know all the storylines and who played well and who didn't play well so come monday it's just like you're you're really going through everything and like making sure it's it is studying like you are constantly in school and you have a pop quiz like every day yes and you have to like (laughs) you have to like know numbers it's really wild and it's so fun but I mean that I do think too though that when you when you talk about Browns fandom you know like I remember and this is such a tired analogy and you know I'm gonna sound like some old 50 year old sports dude from New England so forgive me but like growing up rooting for the Red Sox as the lovable losers was like so romantic on some level like it was so fun to have something and it was sort of like this low level suffering that like didn't really affect my personal life so it wasn't something that actually bothered me it was just like ah you know this this thing in your life that you can be really invested in and then like mad about but in sort of a fun funny way and then sometimes it gets very real and you're like crying in your childhood bedroom but you know I mean (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I um, like it my I was having this conversation the other week I likened my interest in sports teams to my interest in in men like who I choose like they're basically the same like the Patriots 
chiseled, beautiful, perfect, nothing wrong with them. I couldn't be less interested. (laughs) The Browns, like you got some weird stuff going on maybe in your past and we're going to work through it together. That's so much more interesting to me. (laughs) Oh God, that's so good. People are going to come out of this being like, I do need to break up with my significant other after they listen to this (laughs) I need to like some hot pics on Instagram. Uh, so, I mean, what, like, what kind of badness would you ascribe to the Browns? What kind of, what do you mean? Like, what I kind mean, of- like, you know, there's for the Knicks, for example, which we're, we're going to do next, we're going to do the Knicks next. And I feel like the Knicks are sort of a used to be great and are clinging to that on some level, but are now terrible. And I feel like the Browns to me are kind of clown show bad which By feels way, when mean you, to when say you sent me the breakdown of the show you literally wrote clown show bad and i did I, write, I did write that <laughs> i did write. i mean but like th- how many quarterbacks have they had in the past 20 years like forget the quarterbacks how many coaches have they had in like the last five like they've been through right. like six or seven it's insane so you know that to me feels like it's its own sort of like it just becomes its own joke and yet there's still you still believe and I just I really love that <laughs> yeah how do you feel how do you feel about Stefanski I I'm into it I, I realized that we had a really bad game against the Steelers but we always play bad against the Steelers mm-hmm. um but I think that there were some and again I'll go back to the Cowboys game Cowboys have a terrible defense but there were some glimpses of some really fun stuff on our offense like Jarvis throwing the ball to Odell like and Chubb went down. Like, we're doing this all without Chubb right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Baker, this is this is the, the main reason why I'm worried about the Browns this year. Yes. That I think that Baker um, is outwardly confident and inside is a teeny tiny little scared boy. Yes. That's what. Yes. Happening. That's why he passes the ball off so much. That's why he's giving the ball to Jarvis to throw to Odell. I think that he is genuinely... Um, just like nervous to throw because he gets picked off all the time and he gets hit because he's a short guy and like he can't see. And like, <laughs> I think that that is that I mean, it really it, rest- <laughs> it starts with the quarterback sometimes because they are like the leader and Baker is like the Brown right now. And if mm-hmm. he's shaky, everyone else will be. And OBJ will be pissed off on the sideline and Jarvis will be feeding off of that. And it's like, if that doesn't stabilize, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. And that's what yeah. I'm worried about. But again, there's so much, there's so much to root for. <laughs> it's so true. But it's they so are, true. They, they've, they've been a very messy team the past few mm-hmm. years. Like it's just so embarrassing every time we get a new coach. I hope that Stefanski is like here to stay because there's some fun stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I do think the, the more, the longer I'm in this business, the more I realize how unbelievably important leadership is both in you know on the sports media side of things and on the actual sports side of things like you have baker you can see that insecurity a little bit in his post-game uh interviews like he'll get a little bit bristly and in my experience people tend to sort of get bristly or defensive when they know that maybe something's not exactly right or that there Mm -hmm. is a reason to be being asked these questions um and so i just it it, it's so from the top down from from coach from gm to quarterback like you have to present you have to project like an air of a i know what i'm doing and i'm confident 
and also not kind of be a dick about it. And um, I think that brings us nicely to the Knicks, to be honest, (laughs) because here's a team that has absolutely just uh, talk about a head coach carousel. I mean, yeah, they've gone through talk about more. Yeah, it's a mess. And it starts at the top. You know, you can talk about James Dolan being a bad owner. You can talk about the coaches coming in and not even having a chance of leading because they are working for someone where, you know, clearly this this organization does not have it together and they're just making bad decision after bad decision. But the Knicks were the Knicks are fascinating to me because um not only are there a lot of people in my life that I care very much about who aren't Knicks fans. So, you know, you see this like up close, but there's something about being a New York team that it takes a long time of being really, really bad before people are like, Oh, you're really bad. And the Knicks have been there since like 2013, you know, like they've been in this space where it's like, yeah, sure. You're a New York team. And like Madison square garden and all the celebrities who sit there and, you know, you have Spike Lee and the on the sidelines constantly yelling his head off. And then at a certain point, everyone's just sort of looking at each other being like, how are we still doing this? Like yeah. the former glory just really fades. And so what happens now is where I think a lot of fans are at. I think the Knicks are um, maybe the team in like across all sports that just like kind of make me sad now. Yes. Like, I feel like up until the draft, what was that last year? Um, I feel like I could like freely make fun of them. Uh, and then you see, I don't know if you remember this, but like draft night, everyone was like packed in bars and like watching the draft. Cause they're like, we're getting Zion baby. And like, he's going to change the game for us. Uh, and just like watching, I watched so many like reaction videos of like people, like when their number got picked and it's just like, just like the <laughs> drained, you know? And then all of a sudden I was just like, oh, this this went from funny to sad. Yes. And like, I don't know. And I think it starts with the, like the top. I think it's like, like we were just talking about with the Browns. It's like so many people hate Dolan so, so much. And he's like kind of a POS. <laughs> and I kind of compare it to the Cowboys in a way. Like, I don't think Jerry Jones is a POS, but Jerry Jones has so much control over the team that eventually it starts to hurt you. And you mm-hmm. don't, you're so confident in yourself and you're so cocky that you don't see that it is hurting you. You, th- you blame everybody else. And I think that this could be another case of that. I think that Um, I don't know if this will ever happen, but like, I think that they just need to clean house and like start fresh. Uh, And poor, I just genuinely feel sorry. I feel sorry that they would like kick Spike Lee out of a game. Like your number one supporter, you're going to get rid of him. Yes. Um, They're just sad across the board. And it's those mistakes. It's where, you know, they release a statement saying like it's Spike Lee's fault because he wanted to come through an entrance and we didn't want to let him into this entrance. It's like, just let him through the goddamn let, door, man. Oh my like, God. This guy has gone on t- countless talk shows wearing Nick stuff. Like he supports you and you literally torture him. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, I have to say though, I, I was talking to someone um, who's an Knicks fan about like, there's something I admire 
about Knicks fans. There's something that I find very moving about people who are still so loyal and like still have season tickets, still go to the games, still wear the jerseys. Like the fact that there are people who were so hurt when the draft lottery happened and they got, did not get the first pick. It's like, Oh my God, you let yourself believe like they're, they will not be kicked down. Like in order to be that disappointed, you have to have a level of hope. You know, you look at you look at Knicks fans who are have the ability to care still. And I wonder there's some level of resilience that these people must have to be able to keep showing up week after week and um, getting their hearts broken. I think that New Yorkers, period. Um, and this is why I think it's just sad, because New Yorkers have just been through. Oh so, they've just been through it in like all capacities of life. New York is a really rough place. It's a tough place to live. Um, And the fact that they can't have one nice thing. And I think that that's what made the draft lottery so sad is because like, we're just asking for one nice thing and we can't have that. And I was, I was just like, this sucks. I know it does suck. And then you look at their football teams and you're like, Oh my God, no one is this doing sucks. anything. The Jets right? like, good Lord. They should, they should be relegated to the CFL. <laughs> Do you, I, we should have, they should, that's actually a great point. Like there should be relegation in NFL in the NFL, because then I think owners would like have to do something. You couldn't just suck for yeah. decades. And I think the CFL is the perfect place to go because like, for some reason y'all think that Canada is like, hellish <laughs> do we because i feel like a lot of people i know are like canada's looking real i think a lot of people that are on our side right now or probably if you know what i mean are like canada's right. looking pretty sweet but um <laughs> in terms of like going there for sports teams they're like good lord i'd rather go to england i don't know <laughs> england god forbid yeah. um so okay the dodgers have also been in the news recently, obviously, because they're the ones who swept the Braves, which is a very interesting, um, not swept the Braves, but they came back from um, when the Braves were up 3-1, the Dodgers dethroned them. Mm-hmm. And this was such an interesting fan battle to me because you have Atlanta fans who are like, you know, I, I think it is fair to say that the Braves are the most hope that Atlanta has right now. I feel sure. like they are a young team. People are already talking about them being back in contention for the postseason next year, maybe make it to the World Series next year. Like, these guys are good. They're fun. They're energetic. They don't feel kind of beaten down yet <laughs> the way I think the Falcons feel. And then you have the Dodgers, who, I mean, I kind of forget this, but they lost the World Series two years in a row in 2017 to the Astros. 2018 to the Red Sox. Clayton Kershaw is this once in a generation talent who is incredible. Yes. And this, he also makes me sad. I mean, this is a very sad episode. Sorry guys, but like talk about someone who is one of the best to ever do it in the regular season. And he just constantly blows it in the postseason. And his numbers are the discrepancy between the regular season and the postseason is just insane. I don't think he'll ever be good in the postseason in his life. Like there's just like, especially with somebody like that, who has got such a head case job. Yes. You can't, I don't know if you can overcome this, but I will say, I dare to say Dodgers fans don't get to be tortured. You have consistently (laughs) found yourself in the highest like echelon of baseball 
you continuously get to go to the World Series. And with that comes so much fun. Okay. Mm-hmm. So much hope that like, okay, you are sad for like a month when you lose, but the rest, the rest of the time you're like, this is our year. Like, so I don't say that about my teams, the Browns, because I know it's not going to be our year. But if there was that little glimpse of hope, that would make the season so much more fun. So, okay, dare I say, is- Dodgers fans are not tortured at all. They're also they're actually one of the very luckiest MLB teams right now. Wow, I love this take. I love mm-hmm. this take because to me, I can't tell if it's worse. I almost feel like it's better not to think it's your year ever because then you don't get absolutely crushed again and again by the weight of the ultimate failure. And but but now that you say that, I'm I'm like, you know, is that true? Does the joy of making it that far and of having those highs, I mean, the great thing about sports is unless you're betting on it, there aren't the only emotional stakes are like maybe you have a bad day the next day because you're mad about your team or it just like hurts on some deeply personal level, which, you know, it, it does, but it's Mm -hmm. also not like, you know, you didn't actually get broken up with. You didn't actually, it's, it's something, an entity outside yourself. So maybe the highs of allowing yourself to hope the highs of getting to that ultimate spot is that better than never getting there? Like as a Browns fan, would you rather you guys have, say, say you have a great run, you go to two Super Bowls in a row and you just lose both of them. Like, is that better than not thinking? 1000% because that high that you talk about is why we love sports. Mm -hmm. It is why we keep on coming back to that. And if my Browns are making it to the Super Bowl twice, I get that high for much longer than I do now. It's mm-hmm. like that extra two months that they're going to be in playoffs and then they get to go to the Super Bowl and then I get to watch them in a Super Bowl. I would choose that a million times over than like, you know, stopping after week 17 and like hoping for the best next year. Like there's yeah. so, and no matter what team you're on, you're always going to have that little glimpse of hope. But if you're, if, if the team that you have in your heart is the Dodgers, like you're going to have an extra amount of that and you're going to have it for longer. And I don't think that that's torturous. I think that that's very lucky. I love that take, man. You just totally turned it around for me. I mean, so do you think that, do you think they can win this year? The Dodgers? God, I yeah. hope so, or else they are going to be the most tortured. Right? See, there it is. <laughs> no, I, I I, hope so. I think that that would be so much fun. If we had a Lakers and a Dodgers championship the exact same year, like within a month of each other, like that would be, that would be sick. The city would go nuts. I mean, you completely changed my mind about the Dodgers fan base. I Like that they, is, that's hard to do. I changed my mind. Uh, <laughs> I'm honored. <laughs> Um, I just think Dodgers, Lakers championship. I live like middle of LA and the surrounding neighborhoods just love fireworks. Like July 4th, our dogs were on drugs. Okay. They were on drugs. And I feel like if the Dodgers won and then also having the Lakers won like this neighborhood is going to pop off and it's going to be so much fun. And I'd be, I'd just be so excited for LA. 
There's not a lot to celebrate these days. And oh. the fact that I was wor- I was bummed when the Lakers won and it was in, you know, this sealed off environment at Disney World and there can't be a parade yet. I mean, hopefully there will be someday. But so it makes me so happy to hear, you know, I wasn't in L.A. I don't know what the scene was like. What Did it still feel celebratory? Like there were. Oh, it did. For sure. There was like all of these people down at the Staples Center. There was like a guy in a bubble. I don't know if you saw that. That was pretty Stop funny. Stop it. And then. We were driving home from Palm Springs and you could see the fireworks like in the distance. And then we got into the city and it was just like exploding. It was awesome. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I want to go to Palm Springs. It was okay. It was weird. I feel like there's a lot of ghosts in Palm Springs, but that's a conversation for another time. We've had this conversation already. I think Mm. we've definitely talked about the ghosts in Palm Springs. Anyway. Um, so here's a team that I like is so tortured. Their fan base that I actually literally forgot they existed, um, <laughs> which is going to make some people so mad. But the Sacramento Kings are a basketball team. Pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> like last I checked there. Can you I don't I this is probably something I shouldn't admit. I'm not sure I could name a single Kings player. Ooh shit. There's got to be one. Because Boogie Cousins is not on the team anymore. Wow. Can you name, like... There's got to be one. There's got to be There's got to be one, and then when we're going to see it, we're going to be like, oh, my God, we're so dumb. Should I look up the Kings roster right now? Sacramento Kings. Honestly, when you wrote Kings, I thought you were going to say L.A., and I was like, yeah, no one cares about <laughs> hockey. <laughs> see, oh, they have De'Aaron Fox. They have Buddy Hyde. They have... Marvin Bagley. Okay. I guess they have, they have no one. Jabari Parker. I guess we know who's on the Kings, but like, we know those players. They have a Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yes. Bogdan Bogdan. Charlotte (laughs) Charlonovich. What a name. All right. Um, Okay. So I guess I was stupid, but at the same time, like, you know, the players, you don't know the team. Um, absolutely. And I just think it would be so torturous to be in, um, in, in the same state as two of the best basketball teams with the biggest stars in the entire league. And then you're like, you're not even the baby brother. You are like the cousin five times removed that no, like people are like always unsure of their name, you know, like they're always like, yeah, he's, He's like here, he's here at the family barbecue for some reason. We know he is related, but like we can never really know. Also, like we're pretty sure he's related, but this might be a wedding crasher situation. No one can verify it. <laughs> this might be like yeah. one of those like times where like, you know, your parents have really close friends and you call them like aunt and uncle. <laughs> like it might be one of those situations. Like we don't know. My goal is just to be that for everybody. Like <laughs> Aunt Char is going to be, I'm like very, it used to be a joke. It used to be a persona. And now I'm just like, I've cratered into myself and I'm just like, I am that. Um, the Kings haven't won a championship since moving to Sacramento in 1985. They haven't made the playoffs since 2006. And do, like, do you know any Kings fans in California? Who's I do a Kings not know fan? one single. I don't know a single one. Do they exist? Like, I guess. I mean, here's the thing. If you're a Kings fan, email the people sports podcast at gmail.com. Cause I want to hear from you and I want to hear what this is like. Um, I feel bad. I feel bad. This is another kind of sad one because I don't even have enough to say about it because that's how much I don't think about the yeah. team. 
I think that's a good point. I feel like I would be so, there's nothing worse than, um, you know, we're on social media, like Twitter, like we love talking about what we're doing at that moment, like what we're watching, what we're into. There would be nothing worse than being a fan of somebody like the Kings and like just wanting everyone to know, like you couldn't participate in NBA (laughs) Twitter. Like you couldn't be a part of it because people would be like, who? Like, we don't know that that game's on. Nobody's watching it. You know what right. I mean? So you would always kind of have to have that game on, but also the game that everyone, like that people actually care about. That's it's like, true. is it even on TV? Do you have to I, listen to it on the radio? Like, there's no way of knowing. They might just live stream it on Instagram at this point. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I need to, we need to hear from Kings fans. I need to know what the deal is and how you're coping just with everything in general. Um, but, you know, okay. So I wanted to pick a college team when we're when we're going through and getting ready for this because i feel like college sport like you need college sports need their own miserable fandom episode I'm sure. as in and of itself because i feel like college teams are tortured in this way that i i believe that college sports fandom is the most intense because you it feels so personal. It's like home, like either you went there or someone in your family went there or like you have some weird connection to the place, which always feels more per, I don't know. It, it, and there are these weird traditions and it's so unpredictable. Um, but the, the college team with the tortured fan base besides Georgia, which we've already touched on, um, you know, I'm sorry to everybody in the state. Um, I want to talk about Michigan because Michigan is a kind of, tortured fan base that's also just like deeply insufferable because they're like we're really smart and we went to michigan you know like is that fair to say is that rude am i being mean i don't know i don't think you're being rude i think you know who i'm going to compare them to though i will can i just say something i didn't go to i grew up in canada like i mentioned i didn't go to school in the states and i have such fomo about college football Mm-hmm. Like it'll be on in the background and like, but the just watching regular game days, not this year included and like how everyone comes out and like, Oh my God, the quarterback is a God and probably like mm-hmm. sleeps with as many women as he wants. All of them, all of the women, probably even as teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> I'm kidding. I take that back. And um, I feel like it just looks like so much fun. And if I was like 19, 20, 21, like, I feel like I would be so obsessed with college football and I didn't get that experience. And I'm a little upset about it. I didn't either. Like I would take a tortured college football fan base over. So I grew up in New England, like college sports weren't a big deal. I didn't really even know that college football was a thing. I went to a D three school. I mean, I live like football. It was to the point where I think they have, you know, like most programs d1 at least you know it's like they have their athlete dorms or they have these but i lived my freshman dorm i was in the middle of two rooms of football players like it was set it was so not a thing that like the rooms on either my neighbors were just on the football team and it was great we had a lot of fun they were great guys um but you know it was like oh i guess i'll come see your game like no not many people are here but and the the level I mean, talk about intensity, talk about the highs of sports. Like that is also like your brain isn't fully developed at the time that you love college football. So everything feels heightened. heightened. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Like, I don't know. It seems really fun. It seems so much fun. And that's what I was going to say. I don't think that they, I think that you guys have so, and I mean, you guys as in like college football fans, mm-hmm. you guys have so much to love and so much joy that comes with game days and the season and being in college that I don't, I don't know if they get to be tortured similar to, really? to Dodgers fans. I think from my perspective, mm-hmm. I wish that I had something that I loved that much for so long. Wow. Like that's yeah. a love affair that lasts your entire life. Basically. Like talk about a college sweetheart. Like you meet this team in college and then yeah. you love your um, school for like the rest of your life. And you still wear your like, you know, Notre Dame sweater and mm. you have all the merch. Yeah. Um, I am really jealous of it. I also am realizing that your sports philosophy is it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Yeah. I think that that's, wow. that's the one, but I Michigan mean, is know, exactly like the Patriots is what I was going to say. Seems okay. Like tell me how, similar. how, how, because at least the Patriots like won a lot, like Harbaugh recently, he has a good record. He's 47, uh, an 18 at Michigan, but he's never beat Ohio state. He's 0 and five against Ohio state, the main rival Michigan itself, not just Harbaugh has lost the last 15 of 16 matchups against Ohio state. Um, and you know, Harbaugh's paid $8 million with public money. So it feels like there's some, they may be the Patriots this year is what I was comparing them to. They used to oh, be very okay, good okay. and now they still have this mentality, um, but they don't have the stats to back it up. And so it's just like empty, you mm, know, my God, empty angry. I feel once again, quite mm-hmm. seen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Should we do it? Should we just do it? Like, should we do a therapy podcast? Should we do one of those podcasts? that's like, relationship therapy advice instead of sports because i feel like this has been i feel like we're pretty good at it i would honestly you know there is something quite refreshing about we talk about sports i literally talk about sports all day long and then most times into the evening because i'm watching these games and like it is quite refreshing to talk about something that has nothing to do with sports right i do mean when was the podcast? last hold on Should... hold on <laughs> do we do a podcast can we do that let me call my agent Okay, yeah, same. I'm going to, we got to talk for a boss at Fox, be like, look, can you make an exception on some contracts here so that we can? (laughs) (laughs) Or like, let's pitch it to Fox. We'll just use like sports analogies on the podcast and, but it'll actually have nothing to do with sports. That's so good. Let's just have it be a mailbag where people write us their relationship questions. And then like after the fifth episode, someone will finally write to us and be like, I'm sorry, remind me again how you two are qualified (laughs) to be doing this show. We have good analogies. That's how. And we'll be like, we're funny and we're fun. So, um, Rachel Benetta, thank you so much for joining me for this. I feel like I've thought about fandom in ways that I hadn't in a lot. The loved and lost thing like that is I had not thought about that aspect of some of these teams. And that really that felt like a pivotal moment in 2020 for me personally. Mm. I I think that as um, like a tortured sports fan, I think sometimes you need to look at it that way. Yeah, because it is at the end of the day. It's just. That's what I try to remind myself. And but I wish people like on Twitter would remember sometimes that it's it's sports. It's a literally a game. 
Yeah. We all need to just chill out a little bit and appreciate it because it's our only escape basically right now from the hell that is happening outside <laughs> of the walls of sports. Yes. And um, we need to appreciate it for what it is. Sacramento Kings fans, you need to appreciate that you have a team in the first place. <laughs> right. The Seattle Sonics fans are like, God damn it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really, I do think, um, you know, there's this one guy on Twitter and this is sort of how, like, if people ask me, what are sports fans like? Or like, what is the lowest common denominator of sports fan who cares too much about something that doesn't matter? Last year in 20... Oh my God, I published that article this year. Holy shit. Wow. In, in January of 2020, which I was going to say in 2018, I published an article, but it was literally, <laughs> it was nine months ago. January of 2020 ago. does feel like January 2018 right now. Doesn't it? Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Wow. That's, um, so I wrote this article about college football and you know why attendance was down and i went to three different four different college football games i talked to all these different people i did all this research i blah 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 blah. and one of the things that i said in the piece was the capacity of ohio state's stadium like that was it it was the number of people allowed in the stadium which is a verifiable fact which i know i got right and there is a guy on twitter who since i published this article is convinced that I got the number of people that Ohio State's stadium holds wrong. And he tweets at me at least once a month saying that I owe an apology, that I need to issue a formal retraction. He found my Instagram the other day and told me I had a big forehead. And I was like, in what, what like, how can you care that? Like, it, it was just a level of, you know, it, if you're not in the sports world and you don't understand what sports fans can be like, that is the number one. That is, I mean, you got to hand it to them. They they're so bored. They do start getting creative with the things yeah. that they're mad at. You're so right. I also appreciated that insult, honestly, because like, you know, it's easy to be like to tell a woman in sports, be like, you're ugly, whatever. It's like, okay, that's an easy fallback. But to say like, you have a big, it, no, it was, um, you could land a plane on your forehead. And I was like, <laughs> That's oh, funny. Poetic. He thought about that. He, he thought did. about it. Yeah. It took a little effort. So I appreciated that. But more than anything, I appreciate you. Where can people Aww. find your stuff? Like what, what's, tell the people what your deal is. Okay. My deal is that I host a show every day on FS1 and I always get this wrong. Lord. Okay. It's at two Pacific, I think. <laughs> It's called Box Bet Live. And then I host a show. Uh, I host a podcast called Hall of Shame on Crooked. It comes out every Monday. We talk about the craziest stories that have ever happened in the sports world. You gave me a great one, which was Cleveland Browns, 10 Cent Beer Night, which is one of my favorite episodes. Um, oh, and so just you can check it out there. The greatest, the greatest story. It's such a good podcast. You're such a pro, so talented. Um, Aww, thanks, pal. And I'm, I'm so grateful for you uh, hanging out with me today, dude. This is so, this was so fun. Thank you for having me. I hope that Titus is ha catching all of the fish, but releasing them. <laughs> um, I hope that he does that. And uh, anytime, anytime you need me to fill in, I'll be here. You're the best. We'll update the people on the fish situation next week, please. And the Sacramento Kings. Can you actually oh, just yeah, text yeah. me and like let me know how that? Oh yeah, yeah. I'll forward you the emails. Okay. Great.